Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Bernard Reese, who is the lead strategist at Reesher Advanced Financial Planning Concepts. You can learn more about Bernard and his company at his website, 401kcheckbook.com. That's numbers 401, the letter K, checkbook.com. Bernard, welcome to the show. Jen, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, and I've got to say what I love about this show is thoughtful um, entrepreneur. Um, those two concepts, you know, thoughtfulness um, and entrepreneurialism. Is that like a word? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love those things. Um, and when they come together, that's really awesome. Um, and, and that's really what I try to do for my clients um, is approach things thoughtfully um, and kind of give everybody that deep level of attention. So excited to be here. Yeah, very happy to have you. And I appreciate you saying that, um, you know, we on our show, Thoughtful Entrepreneur, we're not just looking for any entrepreneur. You know, I think that we're looking for, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and small business owners who uh, put a lot of heart and thought and compassion into what they do. And they're not just in business uh, for transactional relationships. You know, they're really in it for the long haul. They're in it to serve. Although obviously it's important to make money, but, you know, the reasoning behind it, I think, is what makes uh, really good businesses sustain sustainable. So thank you for, for sharing that and, and sharing your thoughts about uh, our title, The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Yes. And I love that insight. That's like a real, uh, if I can kind of take your words and extract something like a real golden nugget from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if we want to, just to oversimplify, um, in the world, maybe there are people that are kind of givers to the universe and takers mm-hmm. from the universe. Mm-hmm. Let's just use universe to kind of be neutral. Um, and so, of course, as a business owner, there's a profit motive. Uh, but um, if fundamentally your goal is to help people um, and along the way support yourself and your family, um, that's going to be one kind of business. Um, whereas if somebody whose approach is, okay, how do I make money? How do I get money? And then it's like, okay, all right, I can get money by creating a business. That business is going to look very different. You know, if your primary focus, um, your mo- you know, what motivates you is giving fundamentally, uh, that's going to be one level of service. And in the financial services industry, uh, where I'm active, that's probably more apparent um, and something you encounter every day in this space more than any other industry. Um, is your financial professional or advisor primarily trying to figure out, you know, what what they can get transfer funds from your pocket to theirs, or their primary concern um, to help you? And it's it's really really clutch to understand the nature of your counterparty. 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, speaking of money, uh, Bernard, you have a lot of credentials. You are a CPA, CPCU, ACI, ARM, and much more. And, uh, you know, in, in our notes here, and when we were talking offline, uh, you kind of consider these titles a little pointless. And we were also talking about your approach in the financial industry and how you take care of your clients. So let's talk, you know, let's talk past the, the credentials, why they're pointless to you and, and what is most important to you um, in helping your clientele? Yeah, that's a great question. And so there are two components to this. So while I have these credentials, um, I think it's a mistake to think that they automatically give anybody authority. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I've, I've got them and it takes a lot of effort to earn some of those, uh, not all, but some of them, uh, they don't actually give you, having the credential itself does not equip you to really help people. Mm. Um, so CPA is a, that's, you know, difficult to earn. CPCU is difficult to earn. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they don't actually equip you to really help people. In order to help people, you have to go out on your own and do your own independent research. Uh, You know, that that credential maybe says something about your your temperament, your commitment, your diligence, uh, because those are not easy to earn, but they don't confer authority. Uh, And it's interesting to see how people make assumptions all the time. Somebody, oh, CPA, that automatically gives people some image mm. um, and they put you in a certain bucket for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really should not be the way, you know, what each one of us, certainly if you're an entrepreneur, we kind of, we blaze our own trails. Um, and in the financial space, there's a lot of room. Yes. You know, financial advisors, CPAs, there are endless numbers of those, uh, but a handful kind of get out, go out on a limb um, and blaze their own trails, develop exp- unique expertise. Uh, so the credential, I, I like credentials in this, if they're hard to earn because they tell you something about the personality. Mm-hmm. But, the, what it, but you still have to go out there and develop the body of knowledge on your own. Yeah, it would be nice if there was a credential to actually learn how to help people, you know, and not just know, not just be book smart about um, the financial industry. Yeah, that that's, but I wonder, you know, as a credential, uh, you know, I almost think that's an oxymoron mm. uh, because every individual, um, it's never one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And it's really, if every credential necessarily is taking some sort of definition that somebody decides that this is the curriculum and this is what we're going to teach. Um, and it's kind of, uh, this homeostasis, it stagnates. It's, you know, it's not, it doesn't give you all, it can't. Anytime there's going to be a curriculum, Mm -hmm. it's not going to give you what you need to help everybody because, or anybody actually, because every individual is different. And the financial space is dominated by people that know one neck of the woods. They know one product well, Mm -hmm. um, and that's what they try to promote or sell. And there's, you know, somebody may be an expert in life insurance. And they're going to try to tell you, all right, this is the product for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they're not going to consider all the investment opportunities. Mm -hmm. On the investment side, somebody may understand stocks and mutual funds and bonds, but they may not understand real estate. Uh, There is no curriculum, you know, that can be so varied um, that can capture all these things. Um, And so I think to a certain extent, you got to leave it to the individual to find their way, 
or what I've committed myself to is being able to take all these different areas and integrate them Um, Mm. because that is something that is sorely lacking. Uh, Business owners, investors, um, they have to recognize that anytime you're talking to a financial pro, um, there's almost always a one-dimensional perspective. Mm. And what they need is a multi-dimensional approach. Uh, So it's, you know, there's, you know, depending who they talk to, they're going to see one thing or another promoted because that's what that other, you know, whatever that advisor can sell, that's where the emphasis is going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, thank you for elaborating on that. Let's talk a little bit about, let's, let's talk about some examples, Bernard, about, um, the types of clients that tend to be drawn to your company and the process they typically go through. So there are an array of clients. The unifying theme is people that are thoughtful. That's really it. There you go. (laughs) Um, It's it's thoughtfulness. Uh, People that recognize that, hey, I don't want to just be sold to. I really Mm. want to have um, in a relationship with somebody that can take a deeper look um, and really understand things and understand my scenario, uh, right? Most advisors are kind of pulling you into their world. All right, mm-hmm. I live in the world of this tax strategy. I live in the world of this financial product. Mm-hmm. And they try to kind of bring you into their world. Uh, really, what you need is to bring the advisor into your world. Um, and those are the kinds of people uh, that are drawn to Reshare. Uh, so we are independent, completely independent, um, and are ready to enter your world and Mm. see what makes you tick, both from a financial perspective and a lifestyle perspective, uh, because that has to be, uh, as an entrepreneur, that's the focus that you have to be. It almost rubs me the wrong way when I see a lot of these different things out there on the internet that are talking about money, making more money, making more money, Mm. and they're kind of missing almost a very key component of this. Uh, When you make the money, the beginning, the end, and the middle, Mm. you're left with nothing. So, you know, the earning money, being an entrepreneur, having a business, uh, you have to integrate that with your lifestyle. So, you know, there are financial strategies that we can suggest uh, that are great for one person because lifestyle changes they're ready to make. But for another individual, um, it's not a great fit. Uh, Mm -hmm. So for some people who say, hey, if you do this, make this tweak, um, you can save $100,000 in taxes. Mm-hmm. But that may be great for you, but not great for somebody else because, hey, there's there's a price tag associated with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's really what we're about. And it's another thing that we're about is really understanding um, every every niche service that's out there. You know, just yesterday I was having a conversation with an entrepreneur um, who was considering various tax strategies, tax mitigation strategies. And against taxes, we all want to save money on taxes. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are tax tools out there that require us to kind of get into your business and understand how you're doing things and optimize. It's heavy lifting. Um, but, you know, it's kind of hard work going there, going through it and seeing where the opportunities lie. Uh, and then there are tax tools that I, I call them tax deductions in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can kind of sign up for, for companies that are essentially selling tax deductions. And some of these examples are captive insurance, syndicated conservation easements, and 
all of these come with tax risk. And the people that promote these are usually not totally knowledgeable or upfront mm. about the tax risk associated with that. Um, so we make it our business. If we recommend or suggest or just bring up um, a tax strategy that we're really experts in it. Mm-hmm. So captive insurance, for example, um, that's why I have that CPCU designation. Mm-hmm. Um, CPCU stands for Chartered Property Casualty Underwriter. ARM is Associate in Risk Management and ACI is Associate in Captive Insurance. So a couple of years ago, this is something that kept coming up and certain financial salespeople kept bringing it up and we decided we can't, we have to know this inside out. Mm-hmm. And so really when it took a deep dive and became experts in that. Um, and now once we're able to work with our clients and we can approach this thoughtfully, uh, mm-hmm. we can say, all right, here are the pros, here are the cons, here are the risks. Um, we can look at the structure and say, okay, we can optimize this because we're not just selling it and earning some sort of kickback or commission. We really understand it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, it uh, Again, going back to the word th- thoughtful, it sounds like you are really thoughtful in your approach in working with your clientele. Yes, it's and I, it's... <laughs> Here's where I think one of the things, a bit of a paradigm shift may be needed in the financial space, mm-hmm. uh, right? Very often people will fault Wall Street financial advisors, financial salespeople, life insurance agents uh, for being salespeople, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right? They've got to make a sale. And there are a lot of insidious and pernicious you know, unfavorable outcomes to that, right? Because most of your life insurance person, he's got to make a sale. If he doesn't make a sale, he doesn't get the commission. Right, right. Now, we all know we're business owners, we're entrepreneurs, that one of the things that can kill a sale is time, right? Things mm. get stale, right? Mm-hmm. And so if your life insurance person has to make a sale, uh, he does not have, even if he wants to take the time to explain all the options, right? Life insurance can be structured in an infinite number of ways. Um, and so I can talk about life insurance with the client for hours and hours and the different ways that it can be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's counterproductive if you're a salesperson, ironically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So even if they want to help you um, and they would love to spend that time from a sales perspective, they know they've got to ABC, always be closing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not good for the clients. Right, right. But I do think that the financial salespeople are not, or the industry is not solely to blame. Um, I think consumers have this perspective um, that they don't want to, they want to feel like, okay, I paid for something, right? I paid and now I got something else in my hand. Kind of like if you walk into a retail store and you buy a pair of shoes or you bought lunch, you paid and you got something. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas if you want to, re- in the financial space, um, if that's the approach you take, you're not going to get the full picture. So the mm-hmm. more thoughtful way to go is, is really, okay, no, I'm willing to pay for the perspective, for the advice. Uh, so when I work with people and we bring up captive insurance, mm-hmm. right, I'm going to say, I can bring it up and say, hey, I'm not pushing this. Here are the pros, here are the cons. Um, this you know, defined benefit plan 
here are the pros, here are the cons. Using investing in real estate can do this for you. Uh, there's certain benefits it can give you, certain benefits it won't give you. Uh, but if you have to sell um, because clients, you know, or prospects actually want to buy, um, they don't want to, you know, that's going to remove the thoughtfulness from the process. Yeah. And if you want to get it right, the thoughtfulness um, is the key ingredient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that because um, I think that there is a certain perception of financial advisors in the financial industry that it's commission-based, you know, just like our real estate counterparts, I'd like to think. And, you know, it's always about that commission, or at least that's what it's perceived as. And so if you as a financial advisor can, um, you know, really come off uh, or really have the intention of being thoughtful, um, I think that clients can really uh, feel that. Like they, you know, there's a phrase, it's like, there's a term called commission breath, right? Like people can tell if you're just looking at them as a commission. And so all of the advice you shared uh, right now, I think is very useful and insightful for financial advisors who don't want to come off as salespeople, but actually thoughtful financial advisors. Yes. I mean, that's thoughtfulness is, I think, the recurring theme. Mm-hmm. And it is, unfortunately, there, there's a lack of it out there. Um, yeah. There really is enough thoughtfulness. I think it's a bit of a uh, systemic issue. Mm. Like, so I wouldn't ever fault any particular individual in the space. Right, right. Uh, but the way the system and the industry is structured um, leads to that. And I don't, Frankly, you know, all my conversations uh, with financial professionals, I don't see that being fixed anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And I see very few of them kind of being able to take that, that thoughtful approach. And I give you some insight and some interesting anecdotes. Uh, so I'm a CPA, but mm-hmm. I have a life insurance and a securities license. Mm-hmm. So I get called all the time by firms that say, oh, come work for us and come do stuff for us. Mm-hmm. And so at one time, I actually said, all right, let's see what this looks like. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the first thing they did was they kind of give you like this, uh, one of these tests to test your sales ability, mm. um, your ability to sell. That's the first thing they do. And depending how you perform on that test, they take you to step two. And what is step two? Um, step two is give us a spreadsheet mm. with, we need 200 names of your friends and acquaintances. Yep, yep. Uh, we want their, it should include email addresses, phone numbers, marital status, you know, family size, children, no children, estimated annual income, um, estimated net worth, liquid mm-hmm. net worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you take, you fill that spreadsheet and you're supposed to submit it to them. And they review that. And if they say, hey, this is a bit like this, then you get a telephone, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, that is, that is the barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they're primarily looking for is just sales, sales, sales. And most people, right? So, yeah, I never did that. You know, I, I was just, <laughs> I didn't, uh, I, was, I, I, was, I was pretty, um, I was blown away actually by seeing that. Um, I wasn't actually going to actually give them a spreadsheet. And But if you take a step back and you think about how did most financial advisors get into the space, mm-hmm. the, barrier to en- the barrier to entry is really low. The securities licensing exam 
is not very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not in any way, it comes back to what we spoke about in the beginning, it does not in any way equip somebody um, to really help people right, uh, right. in any way. And then they join a financial firm and then they're more or less told to go sell. So the right. way this industry is structured, so even now five years in, um, and now maybe this, you know, the, the rate of attrition in, in the fam, in this space is, is huge. These commission-based businesses, you know, 80% of the folks don't stick around more than a year or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the firms like it. Uh, I guess right. I'm, I'm throwing all the dirty laundry. You know where the firms like it, Jen? Oh, because they have that constant, you know, just, um, what do you call it? Just that constant, like, number of people, like, you know, just a number of financial advisors or financial advisors um, in the funnel and helping them uh, with lead generation, really. Yeah, that's exactly it. And here's mm-hmm. what happens when somebody, they get somebody and the person gives them this list, their friends and family. And those right. are the first targets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kinds of people that that person is the best shot at bringing their friends and family through the door. Right. So that's, that's where the person is worth is pure goal to the firm. Right. That, uh, that warm connection, really. Like, oh, like, you know, so-and-so. Right. So you bring that person in. Now, mm-hmm. the way the financial commissions are generally structured, there is always like there's a trailer. So the financial salespeople, they're not earning just commission up front. There's like a recurring commission mm. um, that's paid to them. But mm. usually that's contingent on the salesperson remaining employed with the firm. Mm-hmm. So it's like really great if the person is there for a year, he brings all his friends and family in, and then he leaves and they have to, and they, they keep the business, right, right. but they don't have to keep paying him out. Right. Uh, now the people that stick around, right, but you think about how they built their business and the message they, they got from the firm that employs them, right? It's primarily the emphasis on sales, not really on how can we help people. So mm-hmm. that's a systemic issue, the way this thing is structured. And I really wish there was a way to fix that. I, I've discussed this with lots of people. I don't see a solution. But if, right. you, if, you can, if I bring you into this world a little bit, um, it's like shocking the kind of, the education, when we say education, I don't mean to say the professional education, the education and how to work with clients. Mm. is kind of like the edu- you know what you get you walk in there is like like just sell right um and so right. i i don't see a solution to that and you mentioned that you're you and your my spouse, husband <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, are active or have some sort of connection to the financial space i, mm-hmm. I would love to get your perspective yeah, you know, I, I actually absolutely love that you say that because you are telling the story of of so many disgruntled financial advisors that uh, actually are interested in talking to us because just like you, we decided to be independent as well and uh, really redefine what this industry looks like. And so um, everything you're saying, I'm just nodding my head. I'm like, yep, I hear you. I know about that list of 200, <laughs> you know, contacts <laughs> and and that first year that you know typically these financial advisors have to go through at this firm. Um, to really hustle and uh, and they get burnt out and when they leave it's like the their leads stay behind and this company and you know whatever company they work at ends up you know really uh, in a way taking advantage of that list and and really they're just trying to pull in these financial advisors to continue to build that that list of leads and so it's I, I really I like how you explain that 
it's systematic because it's not, it's, you can't necessarily blame the financial advisor. It's the system. And so um, I really feel like we've uh, only touched, uh, like touched the tip of the iceberg with this conversation, but I think hopefully, you know, our financial advisors or aspiring financial advisors can learn from our conversation today and even seek, you know, seek you out to talk more about, wait, wait, uh, to talk to you and say like, wait, there's like an, a better way to do this, you know? And so um, I just really appreciate you bringing this up and, and creating this awareness around the financial industry. And um, like you said, there may not be a solution today, but at least we're calling out the problem for what it is. Yes. Um, it's always recognizing uh, and something that I, in the financial practice, what I try to tell people, when you work a financial professional, don't look for somebody that has all the answers. Mm-hmm. You want somebody that asks all the questions. Uh, nice. Generally, when people start working with us, we get more questions than answers. Um, if somebody has all the answers kind of off the top of their head to everything you ask, you're probably not getting the most accurate and complete information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and questions lead to discovery. Mm-hmm. Sometimes question leads to new opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if you've got all the answers, uh, then something is being missed. Uh, So I say a good question um, is incredibly valuable and the ability to question. And sometimes being that no two scenarios are alike, uh, we're always going to look at a tax scenario and say, okay, we know, let's take a step back. Mm -hmm. What are the questions? What way can we distinguish this? Maybe you're not like that case that's described in the tax code. Maybe it's a little different. What kind of questions? Rather than assuming, let's ask the question. Because if we ask the question, then we can find the correct answer. If we don't ask the question, uh, we can't find answers. Wow. On that note, I think this is a great way to end our conversation today, Bernard. Thank you so much for being, being here. You've definitely dropped a lot of knowledge today, and I, am, I will not be surprised if our listeners want to reach out to you. So again, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. Jen, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this, um, and I love the fact that we've got this common background and this common ethos. Yeah. Uh, So this is really great. Yeah, we can complain together about the financial industry. (laughs) There you go. Um, Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. And again, to our listeners, this is Bernard Reese. He is the lead strategist at Reesher Advanced Financial Planning Concepts. You can learn more about him and his company at 401k. That's numbers 401 letter K checkbook.com. Again, thanks. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? 
Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.